Oh no. It's the American Soccer Show. Eric Alcantar, uh, McConnell here. And before we get to all the, the fun stuff, we wanted to start by expressing deep sadness and what happened to the Leicester City owner and that four other people on board that helicopter that crashed just outside the King Power Stadium. That, that was terrible. Yeah, uh, he'll always be remembered as the guy who masterminded the famous 2015 Leicester season. So um, he'll he's got a very special part in the special part in the heart of many soccer fans around the world. That's true. I'll certainly never forget watching that team because it was amazing. Anyway, and you got a little piece of it with Chelsea now with Conte. I do. And drink I've water. Never, uh, don't who? forget drink water. Is that dude still on who? the team? Oh no! I don't know. You're the Chelsea. He fan. is still on the team. He, is, I know he is. He is still on the team is just. I, Putting, sorry doesn't. Sorry doesn't like him. I don't like him. I, I, I don't. Frankly, at this point, I'm not sure Danny Drinkwater's own family likes him. Ouch! I'm sorry. I, I has to. I have to tell the truth. Where's he gonna play anyway? He can't even beat Ross Barkley. You mean uh, goal scoring legend Ross hey, Barkley? Everybody laughed when I said Chelsea was getting a bargain in Ross Barkley. Who's laughing now? I mean, as long as he stayed healthy. Yeah. Who's laughing now? He's going through like a knee surgery or something. Yeah. yeah. But on to the American soccer. Yeah, what no a final day. About, no one cares about English players. The best day of the season <laughs> has come and gone. We've got our 12 playoff teams, and we've also got two more obituaries to do as we look back at the regular season finale. Ready to get this started? Let's go. It's been a final day of twists and turns. Had MLS fans demanding more. I know I sure did. What a terrific and drama-filled day. Or night in my case, or night in everyone's case, but it was morning time for me, I guess. A, so I can't wait to get started. It's more like a late afternoon, early evening window. Okay, well, it was nighttime here. <laughs> That's all you need to know. He's still in South Africa, by the way. So, again, anyone ever questions this guy's heart and passion for this thing, don't. How do you say passion in Spanish? Pasión. Yeah, I have pasión. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, pasión <laughs> runs through the veins. The New York Red Bulls defeated Orlando City 1-0, and the corresponding result, Toronto FC demolished Atlanta United 4-1 in Toronto, meaning that serious praise needs to be harpened on the Red Bulls here because they've won the Supporters' Shield. They broke the all-time points record, won 22 games. They changed coaches in the middle of the season. Nothing phased these guys, not even a disappointing end to their CONCACAF Champions League season. Remarkable stuff, right? I mean, all credit to Chris Armas. That team has not missed a beat. And, uh, I mean, it's they kind of quietly took yeah. the point total this year. I mean, last year, everyone was like, oh, Toronto might do it. Toronto might do it. Oh, they're star-studded, star-studded. Red Bulls, tiny, tiny wage structure. And jump Atlanta on the last day. Toronto, congratulations for holding on uh, Atlanta, not letting two teams beat you. Uh, but Atlanta did tie in the end. The 69-point total, not bad, all things considered. Yeah, not bad. It's just so weird, right? Because, like, how is it that we're saying that the team with the most points in the regular season flew under the radar? It, it It's mind-boggling because, obviously, Atlanta got a lot of credit this year. Uh, everyone kind of thought they'd be a finished product um, after finishing third last year. LAFC, new expansion team, maybe didn't get enough. But, yeah, the Red Bulls just getting the job done. They did. They did get the job more attention was probably to Marsh, right? Yeah, Jesse Marsh. I mean, Jesse Marsh leaving. I think a lot of people thought it was possible we would see 
kind of a, a bit of a decline. At least I thought we'd see a couple of like a rough patch few weeks. This team really just transitioned pretty smoothly between one and the other. There was like a two week stretch where you thought you might see it, but they just keep going. They they keep rolling and you know we've talked about this before that they have that sort of structure it's just kind of next guy up oh this guy leaves well don't worry we've got three more kids in the academy who play that exact position ready to go and uh, but you know generally it doesn't lead to having a team that is again the best in all of MLS in terms of points and it, it just it feels like it feels like they deserve a little more credit than they get and yet here we are having to tell them that they were the best team in MLS right it's wild yeah, I think their saving grace this year was kind of the strong defense. Brought in Tim Parker, Aaron Long, obviously been very good, and Kamara Lawrence and Michael Murillo. Two shutouts heading into the uh, into the playoffs. One nothing games. They they grinded it out, you know. Especially going on the road to Philadelphia, who had been pretty hot. Yeah, indeed. Um, Would not want to face the Red Bulls, even though it is it is that time of year. Unfortunately for them, now more than ever. I am wondering if we'll see another year of the Supporters' Shield curse for the Red Bulls. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time they've gotten the Shield, but falter for the ultimate prize. Uh, another thing to note, 22 wins most in post-shootout era history, uh, and two behind the all-time record of 24. That's wild. And that's when a time where you, when you couldn't even tie games. Um, another thing that'll be overlooked, it's their ninth consecutive playoff appearance, which will lose some gravitas given that seattle had 10 this year and has now has the record but still i mean all around just some amazing stuff going on in harrison new jersey yeah great stuff for them to the other side of this because atlanta united did fail to not only break the points record but to hold on to their supporter shield rate uh, lead that they've had for a pretty long time now it feels like tata martino after the game was quoted as saying he feels as though they threw away everything they worked for this season that that resonated with me because you know the the supporter shield always feels like it's just kind of an afterthought like the team wins it everyone celebrates and then the next day it's just well on to the playoffs number one seed it it, got, it kind of loses that importance but here's Tata Martino basically saying that you know we we threw it all away Every, everything we worked for all seasons now gone and they're the second seed in the east he almost made it seem like they didn't qualify right like they pulled another unnamed team who uh, went all season just to not qualify on the last day, um, right? It's I, I guess I understand what he's saying. It's um, they were probably you know they were the team that got all the attention all year. They were in first all year. Red Bulls never really what they caught on to them just the last day. It's uh, I can see what he means, but a little dramatic for my taste. Uh, perhaps sending a message to his players that it was not good. I mean, they got absolutely housed. By Toronto, it was not a very competitive match, unfortunately for them. Now, uh, one last time, maybe before we head into the playoffs. But what are what are we always saying about road games, Emmett? In MLS, it's uh, they're tough, they're difficult, yes. or they're easy. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you've been paying attention, road games are tough. End of the season, Toronto already on vacation, still tough. Doesn't matter. Going to Toronto's not easy. Maybe they thought it would. And be. I'm wondering. It's possible, yeah. Maybe they didn't account for the change in temperature. A lot colder up there. I mean, most of those players um, were on this team last year. Do you really think that they didn't think to themselves, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't do anything about the Red Bulls beating the record, but we can darn sure do something about this team breaking the record. And prove that Toronto still is a good team. I I think this is, uh, I don't know, It's it's a, a, a season's long, but I think it's a bit of a fluke year for them. 
Uh, they just never really picked it up. I'd imagine that next year will be different, but Atlanta just haven't really looked as dominant recently. You know, they have even before this game. They haven't, but I think losing Miguel Malmiron really, really has done a number on them. And and look, it, to me, they have struggled to sort of make that adjust to I, I, life without Almiron sounds kind of dramatic. But I mean, when you look at the way the team's kind of lined up in the last few weeks, trying to find ways to manufacture that same goal scoring threat, yeah, it worked against Chicago, but. Remember that Chicago also put up a pretty good fight, and Chicago's not a great defensive team, so to be able to go to Atlanta and only concede two. At the time, I didn't think too much of it when you talked about that they maybe should have gotten more, but it is starting to look like they really do miss Amiron more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's fatigue, maybe it's injuries, it's a long season to be dominant. Uh, maybe teams are figuring them out, I don't know. Um, I mean, but it, 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 oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I mean, in the end, they still tied Toronto for the second best point total. Any other year without the Red Bulls, I mean, say even the Union take out a uh, a win against the Red Bulls last week, and now we're talking about Atlanta tying the point record even with a draw. So it's you know nothing really to be ashamed of in the end, but we'll see how it carries over. We will see, and I mean, look, it's a, it was a, it was an odd, odd day for them, I'd say too, because some like there was no Vialba for them either, like, and you'd expect you know Ezekiel Barco, who's now again fully integrated in his first season has not really picked up the game in what I would assume they would want him to so that's not you know great going forward because you now next season are gonna have to place even more pressure on him going forward given the rumors that Almiron's on his way out but we'll see yeah I mean especially considering you know now is his chance to be the man uh that's that's your chance to be the star with Almiron out you know when Almiron's there it's it's his it's his team to he controls the pace of the game Barco really should be, I think, taking control of that situation better. But he is young. He is young. He is young, 19. So both teams, first round by, get a chance to rest up a little bit ahead of their opponents who will play in the knockout round this coming week. Heading down the table, we end up having NYCFC 3, Philadelphia Union 1. That puts NYCFC in third place. The Union end the season with back-to-back losses, costing them a home playoff game in the knockout round. That loss pushes them all the way to sixth unfortunate consequence of all the teams kind of being so close to one another heading into the final day it's just got a barrage nycfc perhaps hearing my and your criticism decided to show us and really show up to be honest for the first time in a few weeks yeah i mean you know they've started to get some players back like yanhel herrera david via firing home field advantage always big the red bulls i mean not the red bulls nycfc still strong at home since um since July, five wins, three draws, one loss. But on the road, uh, they've had five losses, two wins, and a draw. So, again, talk about it every single time on the sh- on the show about the impact of playing at home and on the road. Um, I think once again, because we're gonna see a rematch of this yeah. next week, that that yeah. that field is gonna be the reason why NYCFC get propelled into the next round. Um. But it's I, I wasn't entirely convinced, even though 3-1 sounds very convincing. I, I think that a part of it was just NYCFC kind, finally just kind of, may, I think maybe some of the chip off their shoulder a little bit because, uh, not the chip, the, I should say the pressure on their shoulders because it was, it was probably starting to mount in that locker room a little bit to start to think that, my goodness, how, how far this thing has fallen. This team was competing for a bye a couple of weeks ago. Now suddenly, because of all these terrible results they've had, they they were in a position where they might not even host a playoff game. And 
they 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 came out. I mean, they came out basically with nothing to lose. I would say because they really did look a little more free flowing than they have in the past. That field definitely helps them because you know they're the ones that practice for it all the time. Now they get that home playoff game. But I think it also helps. Yanko Herrera coming back from injury is probably something that's gonna that's kind of flown under the radar. I know you mentioned it. I think when he came back a couple of weeks ago, but it, he's really helping out alongside Alexander Ring in that midfield behind that front four that they've uh, started throwing out there again. So that that's gonna be a big help too, I'd say. Yeah, that's kind of the difference between having a, I think a very strong midfield and a below average midfield for them. Uh, who's, who lines up next to Ring? Because you know he's going to do a lot of running, so he needs someone who's going to be able to control the pace of the game. Um, I still, you know, I, I mentioned I wasn't con- totally convinced. I think that's good for their confidence, but I'm wondering. Union have never won still at at uh, Yankee Stadium. If that's going to be um, something that NYCFC kind of let go to their head. I mean, there was a fluky own goal, a corner kick, and a sloppy pinball type goal. Um, you know those are you know kind of things that happen when you have home field advantage uh those are the kind of goals that go in but you know sean johnson did save a penalty and had some good close range saves so i I think this will be competitive in the end um however whoever wins will make history because after these two play there will only be neither team i should say have won a playoff series before wow so whoever pulls it out will have won their first ever the only other teams not to do so chivas Vancouver, or Orlando, Atlanta, and Minnesota. Hmm. So three expansion teams in the last, you know, three years. Orlando, to be fair, hasn't even really qualified. Vancouver's the only real standout, I would say. That is interesting that Vancouver's never won one either. But yeah, no, I mean, look, it's it, it's going to be really difficult. And I'd say that that's prob- this is probably worst-case scenario for the Union after all this absolutely because I, I guess the only thing is I would rather I guess I'd rather play NYCFC sliding than DC United who's on fire but uh, the problem with NYCFC is this if this if this was their game that finally gets even if it even if it was kind of a fluky performance because I do agree that the goals were a little bit off but that's sometimes that's all it takes right is that one game that you can look back on and say well this is the, this was the one right this was the one that turned it all around the more games they play, the more dangerous they're going to end up becoming. So if they win that game against Philadelphia, suddenly they've got two more on the schedule for sure. And I would not want to face an NYCFC team that's in form. That's for sure. I, The problem for me is I think they just turned it on a little too late. Uh, if you're considering this one win at the end, turning it on. So that even if they do it again, you say, okay, yeah, they won their last two, but they're both against the Union. So maybe they had one team's number. But now they have to play Atlanta. Another team who's maybe not in terrific form, but who knows how to get it done, and have the difference makers. I don't know. I think that they're. I think that they're in trouble. Either way, either they're going to underestimate the Union in this game, uh, given their history, given their home field advantage, and this last game, or they're going to, you know, they're going to go on. They're going to win again, and then they're going to get, it, you know, run into a wall that is Atlanta. So it's. Unfortunate for NYCFC because they do have a talented team, so there is potential there. For sure. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about those playoff matchups when we get there at the end. The the other grouping of Eastern Conference matchups that gives us the the last two spots, uh, Chicago Fire and D.C. United played to that 0-0 draw. Columbus Crew beat Minnesota United 3-2 at home, and then the New England Revolution 
ended Montreal's season with a one nothing win in Foxborough. So stacking these three results together gets us those last two, four, and five spots. Uh, DC United went into this one kind of in cruise control against the Fire. The Fire pretty much content to just take the 0-0 kind of one of those games uh extending an olive branch almost so to speak at one point it felt like as both teams were like ah eh, this this is fine we can live with this it is alan gordon's last game oh that's true alan he gordon did retire. Let, let me tell you alan gordon he when the fire first picked him up he was it was it was it was total meme country then the guy just continued to <laughs> fill his reputation up by continually scoring those ridiculous last minute goals that only alan gordon could score i'm gonna miss the guy I mean, yeah, Chicago going to miss those goals. How are you going to replace those goals? <laughs> well, uh, was, what was it, five or six? Well, I have no idea how many he actually scored for the fire, but I can tell you, I can tell you that he scored four. You're right. Good job. He, before he became a meme, this guy was a double-digit goal scorer, you know, a few times, at least once in his career. So this guy, this guy had contributed goals before, you know, he, he he's a long-tenured MLS player apparently been in the league since 2005 so you know he's been around a while yeah he's never been a star but he's he's been a a serviceable player wherever he is so, our congratulations to Alvin Gordon going into retirement may you find stoppage time goals in the rest of your life which I don't know how that translates but I guess it's when the bar is closing and he's can still clean up uh, I think both teams didn't really as long as they didn't lose right right uh, the other, the other result, the other two results, I would say, were much more meaningful. Specifically, the Cruz game, three-two to Minnesota, because that one really decided the, you know, how the Impact Revolution game was going to end up as well. Well, the crew did have the, I guess you could call it an advantage. Their game went into a weather delay, which meant that pretty much all the other games finished before theirs, and that meant that they already knew New England had beaten Montreal one nil by the time their game was even close to finishing. So there was perhaps not as much drama there as there would have been had had the results been happening simultaneously. But let's not ignore the fact that the crew went up 2-0, only to surrender the lead to go 2-2 and then find the winner. All their goals courtesy of Giassi, 19 goals in 2018 Zardis. And as we become accustomed, Emmett, none of those goals were from further than about six yards out. And to be fair, they're all very good poacher's instinct goal. You know, a, a drop ball from the keeper, ball barely bounced once, and it's in the back of the net. A header that just, you know, the kind of header where you could take your eye off it because you think the guy in front of you is going to clear it, they miss, and it still comes and heads it in. Uh, and then good movement to get to the near post. Yeah, I mean... That's what he does. The guy's, the guy's been great, and give credit to Greg Berhalter and how he... He he's doing something right with how he teaches the movement of these forwards because Ola Kamara, Giassi's artist, not a you know tremendous players technically, but man, they bag goals. Yeah, they do, and uh, I don't think there's anywhere I could place a bet on this because if I could, I already would have. But my money for the first time that uh, Burhalter calls because I'm assuming Burhalter is going to be the next U.S. manager. The first time he sets a roster, assuming Giassi's artist is not injured, Giassi's artist will be on that roster, no doubt in my mind. And at this point, I can't even say he doesn't deserve it because this team needs forwards, that team needs goal scorers, and hard to argue with the guy who's got 19 of them, right? Yeah, 
I I can't disagree with that. I, I I'm with and you. I, I, he, before he the season, I wouldn't have believed deserves it. it more than anything. I would not have believed it before the season. But here we are. He almost had a 20 goal season. That would have been crazy. Uh, all he needed was four goals in one game. Come on, Jassy. <laughs> so the Crews did save their playoff chances. They'll have to visit DC United, who had that you know shocking start to the season, but now they get to host that home playoff game. Uh, to be fair, I guess the crew are probably as likely as anybody to be able to go to a one-game knockout situation and be able to just take the game to penalties and win there, right? Yeah, I mean, we saw it happen last year to Atlanta. The darlings of the league at the time went on the road, won on penalties. And D.C. are not, not, you know, they're not too different, uh, you know, personnel-wise. Rooney, Martinez, Acosta, Almiron, Vialba, Ariola, Canus, Lorenowitz. That one may be a little bit of a wow, stretch. Canu- I... Canoose might be a little better than Lorenowitz, to be fair. That one was a to be yeah. Well, I wouldn't say they're all exactly equal, but that one was a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. But it could be a similar situation. On the other hand, I don't think the crew have been convincing for me. That game was sloppy. Those two goals they conceded. If they give up anything like that to DC, they're not going to bag three through nineteen goals in twenty eighteen. Giassi Zardis. Well, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Like I said, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But the impact. The last sort of uh, remaining piece to talk about here. They they go to New England needing to win, season on the line, and it just wouldn't go in. They had a couple chances from Piatti, Silva. In the end, Diego Fagundes is the one who breaks through for this game for the Revolution. Now, rumor has it this might have also been Diego Fagundes' last game for the New York for the New England Revolution. Perhaps moving on with his career. Speaking of uh, he, he something about his dad saying he wants right. to move on. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a shame for New England. I mean, not really, because they haven't really done anything that could warrant keeping him, given their play. But, you know, Lee Wynn leaves. He finally gets control of the number 10 spot, and he's gone. Uh, it'll be tough after. I mean, you know, people thought Lee Wynn leaving might be tough for them. They did have Fagundes. Uh, I do want to actually go back to the Minnesota game for, for a second, give a shout-out. To Minnesota, who broke last season's 70-goal conceded record and joined the Quakes as the second-worst defensive team ever behind Orlando. Wow. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> just amazing. Defense has... Three teams in one year. Defense but, has become a lost yeah. art, it feels like, sometimes. And uh, I, you know what? It's maybe someday someone will figure out that, you know what, if you can't afford the big, you know, the big South American stars or the big European stars, maybe you should build a defense. Could work. Yeah, it's it's quite possible. But no I, one seems to want to try. I can see that. Well, the problem is there's always been a league of parity. You know, the team's not too different uh, with all the wage caps and DPs and stuff. So there's been reason to be able to compete. But, you know, there's the there's more disparity growing in the league. I, if I was a bottom team, I would set up that way personally. Yeah. Um, New England. I mean, not New England. <laughs> Montreal. Montreal set up def- has been setting up defensively, and it's been working. So uh, Yeah, it, it worked better for sure, definitely. Uh, credit to them, and uh, we will talk about their season because we will have to write them an obituary at the end here. So we, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole with them, but it definitely was an interesting switch for them to kind of go midseason and try it. But uh, credit, to the, credit to everybody involved for giving it a shot because it very nearly got them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, good, good if- attempt in the end, but... Uh, the crew did, you know, take control of their own destiny. They're a good team. I think the crew does deserve the playoff spot, uh, but we'll see how they do when they get there. Yeah. All right, to the West. We start at the top, Sporting Kansas City 2, LAFC 1, and then, of course, 
correspondingly. Seattle Sounders 2, San Jose Earthquakes 1. I laugh because with the results, Sporting KC secured the West with the win. They sent LAFC into the third seed and opened the door for Seattle. Seattle, after all that, finishes second That's in the right. West. And that means it's time for me to eat some crow because I told Emmett, come on, be reasonable with me. They're going to get in the playoffs, but they're not going to be. I think you even said third. You didn't even go second, did you? I said I did say third. You did say third. But, I mean, this is even better. I'm not going to say, oh, well, he only said third. He didn't say second, so he got it wrong, too. Now, look, that uh, that's a good, it was a good call, even if, you, even if they outperformed your exceedingly high expectations. Uh, yeah, I mean, they did jump a couple spots there. Uh, in, I mean, I would like to, I mean, you know, 2-1 against Earthquakes is fine. Was, but come on, they've been, they've been great. They've been great this I year. I was going to say, that, that game was looking a little rough there no. for a minute, but yeah. Hold on, let me go back. Not this year. Last, like, four months, they've been great. Basically since Rui Diaz and once, showed up. Once again, they're a complete team with the addition of an attacking piece. Where have we heard that before? I don't know. Sounds familiar, though. I, I may have seen this movie before, A Real Sense of Deja Vu. Too bad Toronto won't be there to blow it in the final. <laughs> uh, on the other side, Sporting Kansas City, I think, wholly deserve their top spot in the end. They're the most consistently strong team in the West this year. Right. Top and Start to finish. Other teams were good in certain parts, not in others. So, I... Uh, you know, that one I think is fully, fully deserved. Fully deserved. And it, this was even losing. It, they had some injury issues at one point in the season, guys kind of leaving in and out for international breaks. So they just kept on chugging. So, yeah, I agree. Kansas City, Peter Ramis has done a fantastic job there. And it's going to be a tough place to go for anybody. And we'll see how it goes because they they got a lot of talent. The one blemish that comes out of all this is that they do lose Sestinovich for their next game assuming the red card doesn't get or the suspension doesn't get rescinded which I don't think it will be he gets he gets sent off because he's got his arm on the post and I've I've often wondered I've often wondered how this has I've never seen it happen until this time a guy's got his hand like stretched out holding onto the post and the ball head gets headed into his arm and I mean his arm's outstretched it's denying a goal he's got to go right yeah odd situation but it's you know I think that's fair as it you know as fair as according to the rules can be not fair for him but that's well, he'll certainly feel the law he'll, that's the law I think he was arguing it didn't even hit him in the arm and every replay I looked at doesn't look like it's definitive so I am a little surprised that they you know that uh, VAR just basically jumped in and said oh yeah this guy's the, he, for sure like this this hit him in the arm I I gotta say, I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. So maybe the league office will look at that and perhaps rescind the red card. They do end up winning the game anyway, which I think is pretty impressive because they went down to 10 men and still managed to hang on to their win. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we can. Ex- you should expect him to get it rescinded. Sporting Kansas City will certainly try, uh, and unlucky because he's been a, a pretty valuable left back for them pretty recently. Uh, but, you know, good thing for Sporting Kansas City is they are, I would say, along the mold of the Red Bulls and the next person steps up. So they have a pretty pretty good bench and backup contingent. But we'll see how that is at left back, which is not exactly the deepest position in their lineup. Yeah. Uh, LAFC, who lost, uh, sorry, is 
did get jumped by Seattle, but I think they'll be okay in their position. Well, they certainly third. got, in my opinion, the best playoff matchup of anybody. They do end up getting Real Salt Lake, who, you know, again, we'll talk about we'll talk about how Real Salt Lake are still here. But, yeah, the, the LAFC do end up having to go to third with a chance having to possibly have won the West going into the game. They'll feel a little disappointed there. But, you know, honestly... I think they'll be fine. We'll see how that playoff game goes and what Brad, Bob Bradley decides to do because I, I think the Diomande thing, we talked about last week that he just kind of came out of nowhere. It's looking to me like maybe it's time for someone else to get a shot starting as the number nine. Yeah, he's had a pretty bad run of form uh, since that kind of fiery beginning. But, you know, for expansion side, what, they had the most points ever, yeah. so it's not a lot of people gave them any credit to make the playoffs. Here they are in third place. They had a shot. You know, I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of finishing third here. Uh, and I would say of the playoff positions, they of any team who has a first-round game, they probably have the best. So all in all, not too bad for them. So meanwhile, Seattle, they do take care of San Jose at home. Getting a bit nervy at times, but Raul, Raul Diaz does what Raul Diaz does. Scored two goals. Last kick of the game basically wins the game for Seattle, sends them into that second seed. They'll need not worry themselves about a knockout game. He wound up making 14 appearances for Seattle in the regular season. Started 13 games. 10 goals in those games. Remarkable. Fantastic. And Seattle now, as I mentioned earlier, are 10 for 10 in qualifying for the playoffs. Not only 10 straight, but in all 10 of their years in existence. They've now tied the Galaxy's run of form from 1996 to 2005 as the best ever qualifying run. And, I mean, after their start, <laughs> took a lot to get back from there. So they kind of deserve it. Yeah, so that's one, two, and three. And the West, we head down to four and five, where the Colorado Rapids defeated FC Dallas 2-1 and Vancouver Whitecaps defeated Portland 2-1. Yeah, so uh, Dallas enters as the fourth seed after spending a ton of time at the top of the West they're basically the definition of backing into the playoffs, losing to Colorado, of all people. And ah, that's remarkable to me. I, even just saying it out loud now, how how quickly things kind of have just fall, completely fallen apart for Dallas. It's, yeah, I mean, give credit, I guess, to, at least to NYCFC. They went into their last game where they were favored and actually won. Dallas, I mean, they did have to go on the road. Tough but to it's go Colorado. on the road, but it's Colorado, whose supporters section actually walked out in protest. So, and I believe their tifo was a, a graveyard of all with a, each headstone, one of the losses from this year, and it was pretty filled up if you got a chance to see it. Um, but I mean, good sign for Colorado. Did get a win here. Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of last day of the season results. This was always going to be interesting, right? Because remember, you know, Baji, the, the trade with Baji and Acosta, right? Like, you know, this this was always going to be a really interesting game at the end of the season. But, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, Baji, he scored in that first game for Dallas, and it never really, he never really did anything since. He did have an assist here for Ruti's goal. And then, and I guess, here's one that sticks out for me for Colorado. Congratulations to Cole Bassett. 17 years old, his first MLS start, he scores. That's pretty good. It's really nice to see when these young kids are uh, stepping up and scoring goals at this level because it's not easy to break into these teams anymore. Uh, nah. Maybe Colorado's a different story. It's 
Probably not that well, hard to break yeah. in. So I was reading a comment from a Colorado fan that said that, well, as long as Hudson's the manager, you can you can uh, rest assured that this is uh, Bassett's last contribution for a while. So apparently not a youth guy. That does not sound great. It does not sound great, especially when this guy playing is basically a number 10. They kind of ran out there with like a 4-3-1-2. <laughs> uh, went out there and had like one of the better individual performances that Colorado had all season. So just saying. Well, I would be surprised. I mean, if he doesn't have to start. Colorado does keep their coach. Saying. I would be surprised if they keep their coach. Yeah, he doesn't have to start. But um, after this season, it's going to be tough to. Maybe they give him another chance. I would hope so, but uh, you know, let's let's not over exaggerate either. You know, kid seventeen, he scored a goal. Congratulations to him. And uh, hey, Colorado won against all odds. Colorado actually beat Dallas on the last day of the season. So. Dallas in a tough position. They will be hosting a game, however, against the against the Portland Timbers, Timbers who finish in fifth. Yep, Alfonso Davies buried the Timbers himself, basically, giving the fans one last hoorah before his move to Bayern in January. Him getting subbed off nearly brought a tear to the eye, man. It's like a proud oh, father. Man. I hope everyone enjoyed it while they could, because now he's off to Germany to Bayern Munich. To be the Canadian Julian Green. It's too, oh, I was. Oh. Uh, it's too bad he's not going to Chelsea, <laughs> so I could say out on loan to Vitesse. Uh, that's a great place to develop. No, but to be fair, he, I think he is a much more talented prospect, and my God, he's been absolutely developed into a fantastic MLS player in this year. Um, so, Vancouver, tough to replace him. We talked about that last week. But after this performance, I mean, what a sending yeah, off. what a send-off. And I, I, I give permission to Vancouver to feel pretty good about this because you beat a team, you were, you played spoiler, your big star who's leaving got to have his moment in the sun where he not only, you know, scores the two goals to help you win the game, but he also gets to get subbed off and get that big uh, round of applause from the from the crowd. He absolutely deserved every moment of it. And uh, a pretty good feel-good moment, I'd say, to end the season off with and something to look to look back on other than the rest of the season which was not very great but there is one other thing too he was subbed off for this simon colon guy who is 16 by the way so something mm, to keep our the eye next on. davies maybe something to perhaps keep our eye on because uh, he's a vancouver native by the way so that was that was something pretty cool for him yeah and he's gonna he comes off for one vancouver veteran legend uh, what is he, 17 now, Alfonso Davies? Alfonso Davies. Is he 18 now? Uh, he might. Let me see. <laughs> Alfonso, we'll get our producer but on that. 17. Anyway, coming on for the veteran, the veteran 17-year-old. Uh, big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> I bet, you know, I bet he grew up really looking, uh, <laughs> really looking up to Alfonso Davies. As a kid, he'd watch his games and try to mimic him. Actually, uh, here's the crazy part. <laughs> here's the crazy part. Alfonso Davies is actually turning 18 uh, in a couple days, November 2nd. Ooh, happy birthday to Alfonso Davies. Um, I would have liked to see him in the playoffs, but yeah. uh, this was a perfect send-off in any way. Um, Portland, I think they would have liked to at least get a home Backing game. in as well. But the good news, the good news is... They did avoid having to play Seattle in a Cascadia Derby in that first match. Well, not only that, but here's the other thing. They have to go on the road, but they also get to go on the road in the place where right now, of all the playoff teams, perhaps the one with the least home field advantage? Possibly? 
I get what you mean in terms of attendance, but I don't, I don't, I don't see that as the case. Uh, Who has a worse home field advantage? Of any team in of the playoffs, the, the twelve teams that we now know are in the playoffs. Yeah, the, I would say probably the crew. The, really? Oh, see, I don't know. I think the crew fans will show up for one. Now, I don't think that the crew is as dominant at home. I think they're just as likely to do it on the road. I, I even think with Dallas that, um, the home game will give them a huge boost. But will it be enough to stop Portland? That's the I, I don't question. think so. Here's the thing, again, again, not wanting to get too deep into this, but yeah, I, I, I this was a team that was like this whole season, like yeah, 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 you know, first round, no need to worry about the knockout game. Now suddenly they're having to host a playoff game. It's Halloween. Uh, that that stadium could be, it might be rough getting to ten thousand. I'm just saying that that might not be the best sight on TV. I believe you in terms of that, but I still think that. Being home, you know, not having to travel in your home stadium that you know and you're comfortable with uh, is still an impact. Um, but, yeah, it's you know, it's not like going to, you know, D.C. who's been on fire. Their stadium will probably be rocking in its first year or LAFC. Um, but well, I will say at this, the same it's time, better than the alternative had, had if you flipped them. If they if, if it was Dallas going to Portland, I would tell you that you might you, know, you might as well just bury it because I can't imagine Dallas had going to Portland and, win, and winning right now. Uh, yeah, I mean they have the talent. Their form sh- says that otherwise, but um, I would say the teams in the West. That's probably one place you could say, okay, we can go there and get a result. I will give you that. So that leaves us with one last playoff spot to fill. And this whole season, I just kind of penciled in the Galaxy for it. And here we are, the Galaxy 2-3 loss to Houston in L.A. The biggest spoiler of the day goes to Houston. They were down 2-0 after 30 minutes. They rallied back at StubHub and managed to win 3-2. So it started so well for the Galaxy, and it ended so badly. And in many ways, in my opinion a real microcosm of the whole season because their defense was never consistent enough to get consistent results and it wound up biting them one more time. Oh, I get it. Like microcosm, like in a macrocosm would be in space and microcosm of the galaxy. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, space jokes. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame as much as the galaxy have kind of been the, heavy hitters their whole existence it almost felt like a underdog story with them how you know one man how one swede stepped in and carried a team to the playoffs on his back uh, alas not the case yeah very much a shame everyone wanted to see zlatan in the playoffs potentially even on turf yeah well oh well you know zlatan eh? and well somebody posed the question well okay you know you say he only plays in the important games he'll play on turf if it's important but when the season comes to an end like that and you were three points short, when were the important games? One point. Oh, one point. Excuse me. Yeah, just one well, point. No, no, well, okay, but I, I, two points because if they had tied, they would not have gone. Okay. Well, they needed they a win. They needed a yeah. win, basically, is what I'm saying. But I, you're right. Two points is what they needed, right? The, the point is the thinnest of margin, right? The thinnest of margins. When were the important games? The answer was every single one mattered because if you just flip one in your favor, you're in the playoffs. It it hurts for Galaxy supporters, and it might start hurting a little bit more because 
I'm not too sure Zlatan will be there next year after this. I don't know either. I I think that I I think I think that he might leave as well. I I don't know how much more he's going to want to deal with that cuz I got to tell you the truth. I'm sure he loves being the center of attention and all, but he also doesn't like losing. And unless this unless they show him some real progress in this offseason, this might be the end for Zlatan in LA, which is unfortunate because it's been so entertaining. And we might get the Jermaine Defoe path of heading back to Europe and eventually not really playing. In Defoe's case, uh, Real Madrid were after Zlatan, so that would be a pretty that big would be jump. Hilarious. Zlatan back uh, at Real Madrid. <laughs> it seems, though, that he likes living in America, live, living the Los Angeles Hollywood life. But there's another team he can do that with. Who, who oh, is apparently talk about drama. Who is apparently still looking for a striker. So, oh. Despite having three. Despite having three. But I, I still can't imagine he was happy scoring 22 goals, getting 10 assists. And not getting there. While, while not playing on turf and not making the playoffs. He had a great conversion rate. Um, yeah, the defense was just... Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. I, I, I mentioned that their uh, center backs seem to have started figuring it out under Kinnear, Steris, and Romney. Um but the, the team still looked like they, you know, they did, they spoke different languages. Like, no one could communicate. Four individuals, real shame. It was a real shame. So the other the other thing here, because, you know, if the Galaxy didn't make it, that meant somebody did have to make it, and that somebody is Real Salt Lake. And so here we are, last day of the season. Here I was hoping that this would be the day I get to bury them. I get to say, I told you so. Well... It's not going to happen. So, um, I congratulations to Real Salt Lake on a wonderful performance, a wonderful season. They're going to the playoffs, and that's all I got. I I, I don't know what else to say. I I was wrong. I was can't, horribly horrible. Can't really wrong. back into the playoffs any more than they just did. Yeah. Sitting in a hotel, probably not a hotel room. They probably sat in like a in their training center watching and going crazy every time. Romel Kyoto cut the ball past Rolf Felcher, which was like five times. Can you imagine being an RSL fan yesterday? Like, watching the Galaxy go up 2-0, like, within 30 minutes, and you're like, yeah, all right, well, Houston, Lee, he thanks for nothing, Houston, right? And then, uh, you know, turning the game off, perhaps, in some cases, just like, yeah, well, all right, I guess we didn't deserve it anyway. Coming back, like, 30 minutes later, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes later, and then seeing, oh, my goodness, Houston's doing this. Well, I I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, I can only imagine that it's bittersweet, and that it's great that they qualified. But on the other hand, you're like, uh, but probably shouldn't have happened. <sighs> yeah, I, I hate to do that because look at this point. If you're there, you in some respect you deserve it. It was a 34 game season. Somebody had to go to the playoffs, right? Like. At some, in some regard, I have to, I have to own up and say that. Look, they, they just, they did more. <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, because at certain points they were doing nearly nothing, they did more. One point. They did. They got uh, more points. Yeah. No. And so, congratulations That's how it works. to Real Salt Lake, and uh, good luck, because <laughs> good luck. That's all I can say. Going on the not road a, is yeah. not to LAFC. Oof, that could get ugly. Yeah, well, uh, but that's it for the games of the weekend. 
Great stuff. Yeah, great, great. What an end. Love decision in that day. last one. Uh, hopefully next season with MC Cincinnati coming back, we can go back to having everyone playing, not just RSL being able to just kind of, you know, moonwalk their way in. Well, they're not the only team, at least, who kind of just... This happens in all sports, felt, but, you know, it, it just feels weird. Uh, but should be an interesting playoff, but we got some more teams now who are officially eliminated. Right. So we take this moment to commemorate those we, we lost on Sunday, and we start with the Montreal Impact, who I actually wrote this for last week, having forgotten they were still in the playoff race. And, well, I wasn't deleting it, so I'm glad all this stuff is still here. Uh, a dark day <laughs> for Canada. We laid to rest the third and final Canadian team. Felt like they just, they'd just they finally found the winning formula at times this season. I'll give them credit because they stuck with, this was what I was going to say earlier, they stuck with Remy Gard when 95% of the teams in the world would have fired him. Fair to say? that Most teams would have just fired him. Yeah, I mean... They have it's a team it's a, it's a team with some ambition, but it's not, you know. I think if there's a if there's a team with more ambition, they probably would have gotten rid of them pretty quickly because they were what two zero and ten at one point, two wins, no draws, and ten losses. This, this was a terrible team to start the season. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that if it was perhaps a little more high profile of a job, he would have been sacked. But here's the other thing too: it's not like. You know, if it was a high-profile job, he also might have been given a defense to work with. At some point, I also have to say that you know he was making he started making do with the same people. It's not like Montreal went out and bought this like big-time defensive midfielder or this big-time defender, right? This is the same team that started the season, basically, except for like Raheem Edwards. Yeah. He got rid of Raheem Edwards. Um, for sure, they um, it it, it really was a uh, I, I don't I don't want to say stroke of genius but it was it was good managing to kind of start sitting in counterattacking, saying we're not going to play like every other team and try to c- control the game control the ball we have guys up top who can run um if we get piotti one-on-one he can't be stopped and the only way to get him one-on-one is in the counter and it for a period of time it worked pretty well 11 4 and 5 in these last few towards the end of the season that's a fine turnaround unlucky i would say uh, for them, it is all things considered. It is, and so so no doubt how good Ignacio Piatti is, kind of by himself at times carrying this team. Other times, not good enough to carry this team because you know not a lot of players in existence that are good enough to carry a team for long stretches of time. He, Piatti again, very talented, but didn't have a lot of help. You know, they brought in Safir Tider, just never consistent enough. He you know he played thirty three games, but it just. He was wasn't consistent. He picked it up at that second half, though. He did. He did pick it up at the start of the season. I was he was in contention as like one of the worst signings of the off season because this guy just he was doing nothing. But uh, credit to where he is. Basically, halfway through the year, he seemed to find it. And you know, some of that is integration, right? You know, the guy was new to the team. It took time to figure out where his role on the team was going to be. And he seems to have slotted in well, so that's good for them because you know that's an investment that they can look on. He's twenty six years old. You expect him to be part of this team in the future. Um, yeah, it's quite possible. I mean, I think for, you know, his goal and assist tally was quite good for someone who's a central midfielder. Um, but, a, you know, he is a guy who was brought in from Bologna. The, the owner owns both teams. Uh, last year, it was Blair M. Giamiley, who was fantastic. You know, we saw him at the World Cup. Um, he was good enough to go back to Italy. Tider, I wouldn't be too surprised if we see that again. But if you're the owner of Bologna, it's not a bad place to say, okay, it's test your metal here 
um, because it is an aging team. You can't rely on 36-year-old Rod Fanny to save the defense every year. Well, when you put it like that, you know, not to mention that, but it's, again, defense improved. I would think that they would probably want to make some reinforcements there anyway because we've seen what happens when you stand pat on something that was kind of fixed up with some duct tape rather than a permanent fix can sometimes come bursting out again to start the next season. But, you know, here's the other thing. Striker. Man, this team needs a real actual striker because I got to tell you, Quincy Ameriqua, Mateo Mancosu, Anthony Jackson, hell, that ain't going to do it. It just is not going to work. You need a real striker if you want to win in more games. Yeah, and I mean, I I do think that strikers among that probably center back, two positions where if you make a good signing, um, they're they're not in a bad position. And Mancosu is never really going to be more than eleven goal a season guy. I thought Anthony Jackson Hamel would be, uh, kind of a guy who steps into that role. Quincy Ameriqua is nothing other than a band aid, so. I'd expect them to find something, or you know, maybe Piatti plays up top and they bring in a winger. I don't know. We will, we'll see. They have some te- some pieces. You know, Alejandro Silva, like that guy, played a ton, found his role, playmaker, eight assists. That's good. I think they, I think they have something there too. So it's definitely not, it's definitely not a terrible situation to be in because I do think that if this team finds a striker, continues to build on the defense, they could be a real threat next season. I absolutely agree. Should that bring us to our panic that level? brings us to our panic level. Panic level is I know not to put water on a grease fire. Ah, smart. Which means that if you know your position and you know your stuff, you don't need to panic. On this current path, this is a playoff team. Like I said, 11-4-5 and five towards the end. The panic was monumental earlier, but I turned it around. By not panicking. Uh, and I would try not – don't panic. Like we said, probably a defender and a striker, they'd be in a good position. Just make sure Piotti is treated well in his last year. <laughs> yep, there you go. Because this, because I, I, I think we're both in agreement. I think that this is probably going to be it for Piotti next season. It's been, I think it was it was his dad once again who said that he's probably going to come back. He's thirty three. He's getting up there. He's still a fantastic player, but I think he wants to return I, I think, home. No, to play. I think he's even made mention that he wants to he wants to leave when his contract is over, which of course is next season. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. He is getting up there in age. The other the other obituary. The LA Galaxy. Oh, well, this was this was a pretty expensive grave, unfortunately. So you know, we we had to go all in on this one. We actually had to start a GoFundMe because the guy had to be buried in a golden casket. Golden casket put into a was a like a catacomb. I don't know, one of those mausoleums. Yeah, they had to do with their wooden spoon. Really paid a lot for this one. Uh, but man, it's that. Uh, it, it, Kind of deserved in the end, though, with the way the defense was. It's it's it kind of mind blowing, right? With the all the attacking talent that this team has, all the midfield talent that this team has, in some regard, had a lot of pretty decent players. Like you would have thought, to just get through a season would have been enough to make the playoffs. I'm not saying this team had to compete for the championship because they definitely don't have the talent for that. But my goodness. Oh, it's it's terrible. And so, you know, this team got the spark with Zlatan. And, you know, we, we talked about that, you know, when he was signed, like, all right, you know, it was a fun first game. Everyone freaked out that Zlatan was going to carry this team. And at certain points he was. He's just not. It You know, it just kind of goes to show one one man show. The one man show in MLS has come and gone. Yeah, but I can't help but feel like if this team made the playoffs, they could have. They could have turned, you know, 
scalp took some scalps on the way, turned some heads. Um, because they do have a, enough talent if they just you know, if they just figure out the defense. Yeah, well, maybe Gio Dos Santos uh, should have been playing center back. I don't even know if he should be playing soccer at this point. So, I, I'm going to say a positive before I get into Gio Dos Santos because th- this might take the rest of the day. But you know, Siggy Schmidt never got the defense fixed. He was let go. Dominic Kinnear came in. I thought did a pretty decent job. And I, frankly, let me say this: I thought the appointment was a bit ridiculous. Like, what what was the point? But I credit where it's due. He nearly got there when it looked like Siggy Schmidt was probably resigned to just not making the playoffs. Dominic Kinnear came in and really pushed them to basically being within one result from getting there. And, you know, unfortunately they do come up short, but yeah, uh, to the Gio Dos Santos point, that guy, I have a lot of history with Gio Dos Santos, right? You know, Mexican national team. The guy, I've seen the guy play at Barcelona. I've done a lot with Gio Dos Santos. It, he got, he's got to go. It's, I, I don't care what it takes, but this guy cannot be on the team next season. He made 14 appearances all season. They played 34 games. He made 14 appearances all season. He got paid $6 million. $6 million to not show I'd up. I like that kind of money. To 20 games. I could get paid that kind of money to not show up. He, I understand. Yes, he was in the Mexico squad for the World Cup, who did make the knockout stages, so that kept him out a little while. But the guy was always injured, or he was always out of form. When he did get on the field, he never contributed anything because, believe it or not, $6 million doesn't just create things. This man scored three goals and had two assists. This guy plays as a number 10, sometimes plays as a striker, can play on the wing can, and, and loosely in the same way that I can start a podcast, right? Anybody can do it. <laughs> this man is I, – I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it, how he continues to convince teams to not only keep, like, keep him on the team, but to pay him like he's the best player. He gets paid. Six times more than Zlatan. More, right? I don't even remember how much Zlatan makes, but he gets paid way more than Zlatan. At, at this point, if Zlatan came out tomorrow and said, I'm leaving unless I get Gio Dos Santos's contract, I would not blame him. Not one bit. I wouldn't blame him. I realize it's still like $6 million would basically be pocket change, right, to, to uh, Zlatan at this point in his career. But seriously, I... I cannot believe that this guy is still here. And I know it's just one guy. And I realize Gio Dos Santos is not the only reason that this fell apart. But th- he cannot be there next week. Or next year. He can't. Or next week. Oh, well, I'm, I'll give him a few weeks. Well, here's some devil's advocate for you. When he oh. came in, he did turn some heads. He had a pretty decent first season. First, you know, first half. First six months, if you will. Since then, they've he hasn't really had a system built around him, which to be fair, you shouldn't have a player who you have to build a system around. But they had no reason playing a 10 with Kamara and Zlatan, who probably deserved to play ahead of him. In the future, we've talked about Zlatan potentially leaving. Alessandrini reports he wants to go to Montreal as a French speaker. Um, if they're both on their way out, potentially they could build their way around him? No. Is that any type of solution? Or do you think it's going to be no. just as bad? You can't build a Just team saying, around a guy it's... who only plays 14 times. You can't. And I look, I loved the guy to death when he first started. I did. 
But it it's just it's been well reported. You can see it when he's on the field. It's just not there anymore. He doesn't really care all that much. And I hate to say that about a professional because it's a professional and if he was you know, it's hard for me to believe that anybody could actually get by by not caring. But it's it's reality. It, you have to see you if you see him on the field to me there's just no way you can actually believe that this guy actually cares enough and so that's for me that's it like he needs to just go I, this team needs a real number 10 I, his brother can stay but if his brother wa- honestly you know they they do seem to have a pretty good bond with each other so if Jonathan dos Santos wants to go with him then he goes with him I, that's too bad because I like Jonathan dos Santos and I do think he can help them. But if it's a package deal, then it's a package deal because I, <laughs> it's just, he's not worth that money. If he was not making any money, then I would at least say, oh, well, yeah, whatever. You know, he sells jerseys. Like, that's cool. But no, he's making $6 million. This, it can't. I agree. I, I mean, I agree. He's, he's definitely, it's definitely a, something they have to look at. $6 million is way too much. But there's a lot of other problems with this team as well. It goes way further than just Geo. Remember, um, Jurgen Skelvik, highest-paid defender in the league, didn't really play. Uh, I mean, Kinnear cleaned up some things in defense, but that tired defense needs an overhaul. It does. It does. Like, Chiani's 34, is, can't rely on him. Ashley Cole's 37, is, is, can't rely on him. Is is Felcher a good enough right-back for this league to be a playoff team? Uh, Even Cole for another year. No, I mean, Romney and Steras were okay at center back, but this team still looked disjointed. And there's too many questions moving there's forward. A lot they stick questions. with Kinnear. There's a lot of questions. So uh, strategic rebuild, I think, has to be on the cards for these guys, for sure, if they want to be competitive. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. I, I mean, what? Otherwise, I'll just go back to talking about the Santos, and I'm tired of them. <laughs> I mean, what? In their 21 years, they've failed to make the playoffs three times? Yeah. Two in the last two years? Is that what it is, or is it? I think this is the fourth time. Well, they're a spoiled bunch if that's where you're going. They've made it every, like almost every other year, but these last two, and now they're starting to face some problems. The band, the big, massive band-aid of Zlatan couldn't do it. Uh, they, there needs to be some, some things specifically addressed. Once again, from almost all these teams in this position, it's defense. Any other team that's been eliminated at this point, gotta look at the defense. Oof. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up, and that not a lot to look forward to except for you know the playoffs, which is you know no big deal at this point, right? Who cares about the playoffs? Oh, everyone cares about the playoffs. It's playoff season. Oh, yeah. Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, NYCFC hosts the Union again, hoping for a better result for the Union there. And then at 9.30, FC Dallas hosts Portland Timbers. Then Thursday, that's a Halloween night, by the way, Wednesday. Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, D.C. United welcome the Columbus crew to the first ever playoff game at at Audi Field and LAFC host Real Salt Lake at 10.30 in their first ever playoff game. Good luck, Real Salt Lake. I hope it was worth it. Should be fun either way. I do want to bring it back and give the panic level for oh, right. the Galaxy because right. I thought I wrote a very beautiful I'm sorry. One. Go ahead. The panic level for the Galaxy, in case you're still even you know thinking about that, is that our beautiful, massive Beverly Hills house just met the 2007 housing bubble and the crash is here. Better start investing in problem solving and then create a movie featuring Christian Bale as Latan, Steve Carell as the Galaxy fan base, and Ryan Gosling as Siggy Schmidt. That's all I have to I'm, say about I, that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly moved to tears over here. That is beautiful. Uh, I'm glad I was able to get that in. 
That was because I that was great. I apologize for even thinking about skipping over it. But it is a playoffs. It is the playoffs, and so we can we can forget about these teams that haven't qualified anymore. That's true. They they no longer mean anything to us except for Real Salt Lake, who should be with them. And I don't care how bitter I sound. Oh. I don't care how bitter I sound. <laughs> Look, here's the other thing. And one more thing. One more thing. If if RSL beats LAFC, I'm done. I am so done because I will be I will be furious. LAFC, this is their chance to make good with me. If LAFC lose is lose to RSL, I will never forgive LAFC ever. So Man, you really know. have this ship on your shoulder on RSL. I love it. <laughs> I feel I I kind of feel bad, but then every time like they look like they're about to get buried, they're like, oh, they just come back. Hey, maybe these uh that Joseph Smith and the Mormons got something right. Maybe they got something on their well, side. I'll tell you what, Nate Smith's Nate, I, I I hear Nate Smith's actually making the trip to LAFC for this one. I mean, ev- any real supporter would. Yeah, it's, we'll have to talk That's to Nate Smith match. about his uh, away experience at Bank of California Stadium. So and well, here's the other thing. The other thing they denied us was a chance at an LA Derby in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, I put that more up to the Galaxy shooting themselves in the foot because it wasn't like the RSL had a game at the last. True. On the last day, RSL did their best to say, "Galaxy, here, take it from us." And the Galaxy refused. It said, "No, thanks. We don't want it." I mean, why would you? L.A. Derby is not that important. Yeah, I would agree with that. Other playoff games, we'll just uh, kind of think about what we th- what we uh, what we think is going to happen. I guess we'll go backwards since I- I'm pretty sure we both agree LAFC is winning that game against RSL, right? Uh, yeah, I would say that they have pretty much everything needed to win that match. Uh, and RSL on the road don't really inspire a lot of hope. Yeah, fair enough. And then DC United. Columbus Crew. I, I do think DC United wind up taking that one. I think they're just in, they're too informed right now. So, congratulations to the crew on uh, saving the crew. But it looks like this is the end of the road now. I'm gonna go the other way around. I still think the Crew are a dangerous road team, a team that can nick a nil-nil draw. I would say DC probably have the edge, but I'm gonna go with a Columbus nil-nil draw, taking it to penalties and advancing that way. The true crew way. The true crew. I like that. Backing up to Wednesday, FC Dallas versus Portland Timbers. That game, by the way, so LAFC, RSL's ESPN2, DC United, Columbus Crew is FS1. FC Dallas and Portland Timbers, all these games are going to be on Unimas, but this one is not going to be on any of the ESPN channels. It's going to be on ESPN Plus only. Bold decision. I guess. I mean, I get it because it's certainly not the most intriguing TV matchup, but ouch. But baseball's over now. Yeah, that that was uh, that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. Thanks a lot, ESPN. So, yeah, if you want to watch it on TV, apparently Unimas is your way to go, or unless you're in Canada, in which case you can watch it on TSN. Forgot about our Canadian brothers, but of the games, I would say this one probably has the least star power. No David Villa, no Wayne Rooney, no Carlos Vela, so... Uh, I see it from that point of view, but I also think this is probably going to be one of the closer games. I think Portland takes it. I I just don't I I just don't believe it in Dallas anymore. I agree. I just think Dallas. You know, I I did defend them with the home all the home field stuff, but um, they don't have a great record in the playoffs recently, 
And I think Portland under Gio Savarese are going to be able to find find a way like they did at RSL, a tough place to go. Uh, I think they'll be able to do it again. And the other FS1 game, NYCFC hosting the Philadelphia Union. Evan, I'm sorry. I think this is the end of the road. NYCFC are coming away the winners here. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think, uh, you know, I I could be optimistic. I could I could say, oh yeah, I think that the the union have what it takes to be to beat them in any given day. But I think on this specific day, they will not be able to get it done. You know, Yankee Stadium, just their record there, all things considered, they're 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 the second best team in in this situation. Healthy NYCFC team at home. Not many teams in the league are better than that. To be fair. There you go. All right. Well, looking forward to the playoffs. Looking forward to all the crazy stuff that happens. Looking forward to the big international break right in the middle. And that's another reason why I hate international soccer. But I guess it has some bonuses like the World Cup. That's your cup of tea. Uh, but at this point, we, are able, we will mention there is no game of the week because it's the playoffs. They're all the game of the week. Every game should be great. You should watch every one. Uh, my only qualm is that why do we have midweek games in the playoffs? Ah, uh, well, so, and like three days after the end of the season, come hey, on, they need to on, figure hang this on, out. Hang on, hang on. Well, uh, to be fair, I don't know what the solution for that is. Midweek games during the playoffs, I think, have to happen because the, the, our MLS Cup is December eighth. Uh, this season cannot go any longer than it already is. If they need to short, I don't know what they need to do, but we need to stop playing this darn thing in December. Yeah, there's. It, listen, it's still a relatively young league. Uh, there's still things that need to work out, uh, but I think that like it just seems like there's always weak viewership, weak attendance numbers on these games. Uh, so you know the schedule could use some reshaping. That's not a terrible thing, but uh, you know that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I we'll see. And like so, like I said, in the course, quick turnaround too, because we have these games Wednesday and Thursday, and then Sunday, start of the conference semifinals. So things are happening very quickly. At Absolutely, uh, and it's a great time to be an American soccer fan. It's a great time to listen to the American soccer show. Uh, with all these games kind of packed in tight, there'll be a lot more episodes, so be sure to tune in. Uh, for all your American soccer needs uh, for the playoffs, because that's all the time we have this week on the American soccer show, you can always uh, check out past episodes. Find us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher. We're also now... Uh, hosted by Prost America, uh, where you can find us for all your American soccer needs. Make sure to leave us a review, five stars, show us some love. Until next time, I'm Emmett McConnell, alongside Eric Alcantor, signing off.